And the winner is NBC Saturday Night. Lauren Michael, producer. Hello and welcome to the Not Ready for Primetime podcast. We're Gary Seath and Brad Robinson. And you're not. And this is our season one wrap-up show. Brad? Yes? How you feeling? Fine. Why? I mean, about season one. Oh, I feel great. I'm sorry. You were somehow <laughs> referring to my... After last week that I would not be in prime physical oh, no. shape after last week's episode. <laughs> um, I'm fine. And I love season one. It was great. Season one was a delight to go back and watch all of. It was great. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Like overall, I was surprised. I was expecting more. I expected it to be, you know, ups and downs. Yeah. But I was expecting more downs than I feel like we saw. I was I was happy with what we saw. Overall, my impressions of the season was it was great because they were trying things. And you could see that throughout the entire season. Yes. They were trying all of these different things. We talked about it being a variety show for very much of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And they they worked their way through a lot of things that we got to see as as we watched the show. It's really fun to watch. It was fun to watch this first season when you really didn't know what was going to happen. Like I would assume people watching it live in 1975 and 76, it's a live show. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to come on. You don't know what's going to be there. And that energy of just not knowing, even watching it on tape, just not knowing, is it going to be a sketch niche? Is it a is it a random right. act you've never heard of? Stuff like the lockers, you know what I mean? Like yes. you get those Andy Kaufmans, you know, and some of the myths you get your Denny Dillons, you get your whatever the idiot was with the hard hat. Um, <laughs> some hit, some miss. But like if you don't take the chance, you're not gonna know. And that's what this show did a lot this season. It took those chances. And maybe we got we're a little too critical sometimes on that stuff missing. But I and I think you did a good job throughout the season of bringing this up is, is acknowledging they did this. They took this chance. Like, where are yes. you seeing this anywhere else? So that's what I loved the most, which I was almost unexpectedly surprised at, those things. Sure. I mean, you nailed it, right? You take a swing at something like Andy Kaufman and you hit it out of the park and then you get that hardhead guy whose name <laughs> yeah. we can't remember yeah, for a reason. reason. Right. Yeah. And and watching watching the cast become, quote unquote, the cast you know, watching Chevy, watching, we said it so many times, watching John as like subdued impish John before he's just dialed in 11 all the time, watching Gilda become America's sweetheart, watching Jane, you know, like just watching the cast find themselves and become the staples you know they are was just really fun to watch. Yeah. And you, and you watch them start to fill up their own voices. Yeah. And the, and the writers too, right? Yeah. I mean, there were some, you, I've had a lot of good and bad things to say about Michael O'Donohue, but you could see uh, throughout the season, he he gets the Star Trek sketch and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. He got it. And you see that evolution from the entire writing staff. Was there anything that surprised you? I think it was, I was surprised by how quickly they found their voice as a group. Mm-hmm. Because I think it really was by episode uh, six-ish that they started to gel and and find their voice and push the boundaries and figure out where they could fall in the social commentary. 
as a um, whole. You mean like the show as a whole? Yes, yeah, as yeah, a yeah. whole. Yes, absolutely. Right. I assumed it was going to take longer than I think mm-hmm. it actually did. How about you? What what surprised you? The first thing that surprised me was was how much I enjoyed Chevy Chase, and I don't mean that as a smartass. I I, I came in I think with a very um, post seventies, post eighties, nineties Chevy Chase mindset, and um, I enjoyed and was surprised at how much I enjoyed watching Chevy before he became you know the big C big C Chevy Chase. You know, I, yeah. he's great. He's really good on this show. He's very funny. He's really smart. He wrote a lot of his own stuff, and I just I I was just surprised how much I enjoyed Chevy. That was probably the big thing was was how much I like Chevy. Um, and then I was kind of surprised, even though she's so underutilized, uh, how solid Lorraine Newman is. Like whatever Lorraine does is good. Like how many times did we watch an episode and I was like, I can't believe Lorraine could yeah. sing or I can't believe <laughs> she could scat or hula hoop or what? Like anything she did, she did well. Yeah. It's interesting because I had the same feeling about Jane coming into this. I don't think I realized how solid her foundation was. That was is. my other one too, is, is I, I was surprised how great Jane is. Like yeah. from the start, how Absolutely. solid and just how great Jane is. Yeah. And I think for us, recognizing that for Jane was easy because in the beginning, the the first few episodes, right? She establishes that as a foundation. Mm -hmm. But I don't think Lorraine had that in the beginning Mm -hmm. because she was doing a lot of these weird solo Mm -hmm. O'Donohue pieces like the airline piece. the Yeah, the prank phone call. Yeah. And she's so good in that. Yeah, and and she just—it's I don't know. She kind of hit it. She kind of hit it around what was it, eight or nine? The Elliot Gould Godfather Therapy when she does Sherry. Yes, and literally totally. stops the show because the audience is is applauding her performance. Right, and then you yes, know, and then she opposite John's Marlon Brando performance sings every time she sings. Yeah, right. and her singing yeah. is tremendous. It's interesting because I feel like Gilda is always vaulted to the top, and with reason, right? Yeah, I mean she's oh, wonderful, of course, but. I think that takes away from how great Jane and Lorraine are Mm -hmm. when they are just, they belong up there with her because they're so good. Yeah. What was something you learned by the end of the season? I I learned you you should not do a show drunk. That's not advised. (laughs) Whether whether it happens to be a variety show or podcast or what have you, I'm just saying maybe not the best idea. We're going to get um, letters that say, uh, hey, boys, that was not your worst episode. (laughs) (laughs) People write letters? Um, uh, I'd say I learned... uh, that the show is still finding itself at the end of season one. You know, it was a long process, longer than even I had remembered, but, and I think most people forget, but how long it took the show to continue to find itself. And also, um, that not all sketches have endings. I've realized. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, I feel I'm thinking back and and I read something in the, um, in the shales oral history book. I think it's Ackroyd, but they talk about how like movies have bad endings. TV shows have bad endings. Like why do you, assume a sketch has to have a great ending because it's short or something, you know? So it was just interesting, you know, and they're creating so much material so quick. So every week, so I kind of learned like after the fact, like maybe not put so much of an onus on like having an out or having a good ending to us, like having a good ending to a sketch doesn't warrant a sketch being good or bad or not. Sometimes you just have to like a pop song fade out. 
and you're fine. Well, and that's 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 how I feel about segues. <laughs> you just sometimes you have them and sometimes you don't. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah One of the things that really caught my attention was how I think they were still trying to figure themselves out by the end of the season. They were not a total comedy show. It was still a variety show. And there were still hosts singing, and you did not like that, <laughs> but they I did. did not. It's true. Oh, what else I am surprised about? The amount of shitty musical guests they had this season. I forgot that. Yeah, you you did not enjoy I did not, that. I did not. No, like you did not like them, them. Uh, and you really didn't enjoy their nineteen no, thirties covers no. that they all had. Other than Leon Redbone, obviously. Some of the hosts, and especially the musical acts, uh, were not folks that you would think today, or even. Two years later in season three, Ron Hesse would not be hosting the show. Right. And not just because he's no longer the press secretary, but but that caliber of quote unquote celebrity would not be hosting the well, show. I think we talked about it with Ian, right, on the Ron Nesson episode. The musical acts, the popular musical acts didn't need the show. They didn't need the publicity. They were selling albums. Like why they didn't need to go on a show to sell albums. Yeah. So the acts you were getting were people who were past their prime, who who needed publicity, needed their name you know, in the press. And, and I think it goes that way a little bit, I think in the next season, and it's not really till season three, really, where, you know, where they're really getting every, you know, week in and week out, top notch, hip, great host. And as we set up, you know, season four, the Rolling Stones host the season premiere. So they'll get there. Should we talk about some, some lists that we made and get into it? Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, we'll do a couple, keep it short here, but yeah, let's go through a few. Uh, what do you want to try to, what do you want to hit first? You want to start with best host? Sure. Okay, great. Who is your best host? I say I think the best host, Madeline Kahn. Yeah. I think her episode was the best. Like, I think she did the best job as a host doing all of the host duties. I think she did the best. I totally agree with you. Um, I think she was the best overall host who was willing to do whatever. And she did everything. She sang, she did voices, she did sketches, and she did them all tremendously. And my number two would have been Buck, because Buck Henry is just such an amazing host. Just in general, like what he does and what he brings to the show and how much the cast, you can tell, love him. Is He's probably season one, ranks number two. I'm sure he'll move up as we move on. <laughs> I agree with that, uh, but I would say that the most underappreciated host was Peter Boyle. Oh, I thought you were going to say Desi Arnaz. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's another one who he did everything they wanted him to do. He did a ton of sketches. He did some voices and impressions. He did that weird wrestling thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and he even sang. I mean, he did everything that they wanted, and he was a lot of fun, which I love in a host. He did, Yes. Um, I mean, I'll keep making examples, so we'll, we'll go on. Uh, let's go to, mu- what about musical guests? What do you think was the best musical guest? My top two, I had a hard time with this. Yeah, because there's only about three worth choosing from. <laughs> I understand the dilemma you're under. Yeah, my top two were Gil Scott Heron oh. and Jimmy Cliff. Oh, Those were my top two performances. Really? I just thought they were great, excellent performances. Oh, that's okay. I see. Why? What were well, your parameters I, around this? <laughs> well, no, no. So I, I went with Patty Smith Group. Ah, okay. Yep. I am not yeah. a fan of, but I like them for who they were and what they represented for the show. That's why I thought they were the best musical guest of the season because of that. Yeah. And then I picked a backup in case you picked them. And I picked Billy Preston. Yeah. First guest okay. of the show because yeah. I thought Billy Preston's performance yep. was, was awesome. 
you know, it, yes. it had energy. It was great. And I feel like throughout the season, we would refer back to where's the energy Billy Preston brought. Remember Billy Preston? So, um, those were the four performances yeah. that I had written down. And then as the fifth, I had Leon Redbone. Sure. I mean, Leon Redbone, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's turn our attention to the cast, the individual cast members. So what was your best impression? Uh, Belushi's Joe Cocker, hands down. Yeah, of course. I knew you were going to say that. Of course you did. Of course you knew it. Um, and it might not be the best, but it's my favorite. I mean, this is the first instance when the show stopped. He came out and sang about two bars, and that place erupted. He was so good. I had his Brando. Did you really? I still like his Brando. I thought yes. you were going to say mm-hmm. um, Dan's Tom Snyder. That is my third. Oh, yep. I thought you were going to say Tom Snyder. <laughs> All right. Then how about your best recurring character that was introduced this season? <laughs> I see a theme. Um, Belushi Samurai. <laughs> That's funny. Again, I knew you were going to say this. Yeah. Um, For me, it was Sherry because (sighs) she's good. It's good. Right. I mean, she's so she's this character that she knows so well and she's introducing it in many different Mm -hmm. ways. That's what put it over the top for Mm -hmm. me was that we see Sherry in The Godfather. We see her as a standalone in the secretary bit standalone. Um. We see her in different ways. And one of my other characters, I guess, um, was Dan's Pitchman. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, because he comes back a couple of times. It's like there's a couple of weird ones, too, where they come like once or twice. So they're technically, you know, are they, aren't they? But what about, would you, uh, did you have a favorite, I feel it's going to be obvious, but a favorite uh, uh, special guest? Yeah, Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I figured it's pretty easy. He's pretty good. Number two. Um, it's not the lockers. I thought you would have jumped. Oh, the lockers. yes, yes, the lockers. See? Yeah, I have them on my other list. Yes, yes, definitely. Oh, you know what? That's where I had the lockers. Was um on my list of things that I liked most about the oh. show. Oh, that's um, yeah. Things that I liked that they were into trying different things, and they tried things that were not comedy. Uh, it was a variety show. Things like the lockers. Even though I was not a fan, the fact that they did the Paul Simon episode the way they did. Right, yeah. The Candace Bergen interviews that she did. Oh, yeah. The things like that, something different. different. Yeah, and those were things that I really liked and 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 appreciated most about the first season. Should we get into the episodes and sketches? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do let's do episodes first. All All right. right, let's do our top five episodes. So we did this independently, right? We didn't. We made our own list. Yes. And our top five. Uh, came out the same, right? We have the same top five episodes. It, we have the same top five. I think two, our three and five are flip flopped, but yes. So our top five, I had uh, Buck Henry's number one as number five, Lily Tomlin at number four, Elliot Gould uh, first uh, episode uh, as number three. So Buck Henry, Lily Tomlin, Elliot Gould. Number two, and I, I just switched these. I had Richard Pryor at number two, and I did Madeline Kahn at number one. Yeah. I have Madeline Kahn as the best episode of the season. Yep. What'd you have? I had number five was Elliot Gould's first episode. Number four was Lily Tomlin's episode. Number three, Buck Henry's first episode. Number two, Richard Pryor. And number one, also Madeline Kahn. Now, for me, I went back and... 
when I was looking at the sketches, the thing about the favorite sketches throughout the year, I had to move Madeline Kahn to number one because of that. Because there were so many that I just loved and adored. But it also vaulted Peter Boyle way up on my list oh. because I that episode was hanging down around 10 or 12 for me. Yeah. And I moved it up to number six because yeah, middle. I, the more I think about that episode and the sketches and everything, I really appreciate it. I have that ranked below Paul Simon. I should think about Oof. it again. You should. Oof. Um, <laughs> I do not trust your rankings now. <laughs> but I, for the longest time, uh, had prior at number one, especially you know, after we saw it. And then once we saw Madeline Kahn, I put her at number two. And then the more I sat and thought about it, and it, it really came down to me as why I put Madeline Kahn over Richard Pryor, is the working with the cast. You know, Richard Pryor really took over that show. He does his monologues, which are great. Yes. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the uh, white family sketches with people he brought in, which he had to for what that sketch was. Yeah. Uh, you know, he brought the priest in for Poltergeist. And then to Madeline Kahn, you know, she did Slumber Party with all the women. She did stuff with John. She did the great uh, Bride of Frankenstein number with the band and everybody. Yes. Uh, Final Days, which was great, which had most of the cast in it. But the other thing, which was actually probably the first thing that made me tip the scale is I felt both episodes were pretty flawless with except for one bit. And for Richard Pryor, it was the monologue, I guess, whatever it was, that his ex-wife did. Right. Versus Madeline Kahn was her singing a song. And the fact that the the knock against Madeline's episode was at least her. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, was, it wasn't somebody brought in from the outside, that at least the show was still contained, was the first thing that made me vault her up to first. But then it was just the amount of stuff you saw the cast in with her. Um, really, it, as a show in general, I, I, puts, I put that as the best show of the season. You know, it's interesting looking at this list of hosts from season one and thinking about how many of them brought characters or material or pieces to the show. Someone like Lily Tomlin, Richard Pryor, um, Desi Arnaz even, versus someone like Buck Henry or Candace Bergen. She's uh, She played really well with everyone and did a lot, but... Um, She's an odd one. Yeah, I mean that in a good way. Okay, no, I mean that yeah. in a good way where... I feel like what you were just saying, there's kind of a lot of, most of these, most of these hosts fall into one of two camps. Either they bring a lot of their own stuff, Richard Pryor, Lily Tomlin, George Carlin, or they bring nothing. Yep. Raquel Welch, Ron Nesson, Jill Clayburgh, Dick Cavett. You know what I mean? So I think Bergen's one of those, re, but that's where you get Bergen, you get Buck Henry, you get Elliot Gould who hit that sweet spot where- they take what the cast has, they elevate it, they add to it, they can be their own thing. And that's that's what makes them some of the best hosts that we've had. Who was the host that surprised you the most in a good way? It's either Desi Arnaz or Anthony Perkins, I feel like. Yeah, those are my yeah. top two, too. For me, it was Anthony Perkins. I just didn't know what to expect from him. Yeah. But he was way he was funnier game. than I thought. He was game, that's why. He was yeah. totally game for everything. I thought Anthony Perkins was so much fun. Yeah, he was game, surprised you. And then, and Desi Arnaz, because I just thought it was, uh, you know, here's an old guy who's just, you know, we want a name, we put him on. And uh, and for the first half of that episode, I feel like I'm kind of right. The second half gave you two of the musical numbers. He had the, um, the untouchable sketch. Yeah. Oh, and the acupuncture mm-hmm. thing, which is really good. Yeah. So, like, he really, like, it was slow, but he he brought it. Definitely. Yeah. So, we do best bits at the end of every podcast. 
and we've compiled lists of our individual best bits throughout the season. I think we have a handful here that we can go through quickly. So, Brad, what were your best bits? Um, mine aren't necessarily in order, but uh, my top five in relative order, probably. Uh, Samurai Deli with John Belushi and Buck Henry on Buck's first episode. Yes. Uh, Godfather Therapy the week before with Elliot Gould. Sleepover with Madeline Kahn and the ladies, prime number three. Uh, Word Association, uh, episode seven, Richard Pryor with him and Chevy. Classic. And this is number one, probably number one on the list, is the, um, from the second Elliot Gould in May, uh, Michael O'Donohue's Last Voyage of the Starship Enterprise. Probably my favorite of the season. Those are, that's, that's my five and probably in that order. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, sure. Yeah, and if I threw a couple more to battle for that fifth spot, Bassomatic, Dan's Bassomatic from the Ron Nesson episode, uh, the Jaws 2, which most people know as Landshark, the first time we see Landshark on uh, episode four, Candace Bergens. And uh, yeah, and then, yeah, I could substitute anything really in for the next few. I had for my number one was Word Association from Richard Pryor episode. The Bride of Frankenstein is my number two from Madeline Kahn. And that just, that was so much fun with the band and with everyone, uh, the entire cast in that. Loved that one. Yeah, it was good. Number three, the janitor in the fridge sketch from the Peter Boyle episode. Again, the entire cast is in that and doing something and having fun. Samurai Deli, which you mentioned, is number four. And then number five, I had Dueling Brandos, which was John and Peter Boyle doing their Dueling Brandos impressions. You're putting two top sketches of the entire first season, and you're putting two Peter Boyle sketches in there? That's what I'm saying. That's why I had to move the episode up. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You're going to argue that they weren't good sketches? I would would not put Dueling Brandos up there. And and I wouldn't, you know what? I wouldn't put... Janitor in the Fridge, I would put in a different category of uh, like underrated or forgotten sketches. Like sketches that, like I feel like our top five, maybe even the casual fans have seen or heard of and know because they are that iconic and that classic. But then I was thinking of, you know, underrated or like I said, or forgotten. So either stuff you've, you never heard or you forgot about. And for me, my top five of that would be, and this is not in any order, um, the Hard Hats from Lily Tomlin. Yeah, which was I early had that on, on my underrated. It was a really great, and it was kind of the first uh, like smart female sketch we got to see. White Family from Richard Pryor, only because I think it's a great sketch, and I think in that really great episode, it gets overshadowed by obviously word association, but then also the poltergeist sketch. So those two things kind of, and then the Richard Pryor, but that white family sketch I think is brilliant and not a lot of people remember or know of. Uh, I have janitor in the fridge in this, in this category. I think janitor in the fridge is probably something no one knows or has heard of. In addition to uh, household hints from in the Anthony Perkins episode where I think it's in the same exact (laughs) set as janitor in the fridge where, um, Gilda is a suburban housewife and she hires Jane Curtin as an S&M dominatrix uh, house cleaner. That is brilliant. It's probably one of Jane's best performances and it's something so out of character for her that, you know, most people probably don't remember. Uh, And then I had Bride of Frankenstein in this because I think, you know, again, Madeline Kahn and the musical numbers, I think kind of get forgotten over time, but it's one of the best bits that I think um, you wouldn't remember. 
That's also where I had the Tomorrow's Show with Dan's Tom Schneider, Tom Snyder oh, impression. Okay. Because again, it was a crowd pleaser. It stopped the show as soon as he came out and started yeah. talking. The no, crowd stopped. Right. And, yeah. Again, this was another thing that was so hard because there are a lot of sketches that oh, I yeah. really enjoyed this year. Did you? Ha- I mean, do you have any others in that forgotten category? Uh, you said hard hats, right? I did say hard hats. Yeah. Uh, the Norman Bates Motel Management. Oh, that's yeah. good. And I had the sleepover in this category oh, okay. as well. And the all pro wrestling bit with Peter Boyle. <laughs> you love I that loved, Peter Boyle I episode. I loved it. Damn. Uh, yeah. Cause I, and, I, you know, I'll, and I'll throw out a handful more because I had some in case you mentioned before. Uh, other uh, underrated forgotten sketches, if you haven't seen them, you should check out. Uh, the Claudine Langer Invitational. <laughs> the Michael O'Donoghue sketch is, is so funny. Yeah. Um, one I thought you would have said was from Buck Henry's second episode, Talk Back. When he's yeah, the phone. I did write that down. I have it on my list, but um, there were two Buck Henrys I had on there: the Talkback and the Citizen Kane. I got Citizen Kane too. Yeah, that's yeah. one because I don't think you've ever seen. It's a really great one. And the last one I had, oh, I had uh, Untouchables, the Untouchables parody. Yeah. Franklin yep. Davis's piece was really great with Desi Arnaz and uh, Mechanic Bedtime Story. Remember that the Buck Henry first episode? Oh yes. Dan's yeah, 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 uh, with Gilda. Gilda yeah, story. Yep. So, yeah, if you haven't listened to the show and you're listening to the recap and you're looking for s- some sketches to watch, you probably have seen what, you know, the best bit sketches we had. But uh, these un- underrated forgotten ones are all amazingly good. And do yourselves a favor and check them out because they're really funny. They're really good. This was even a re-education to have to go back and rethink about all of these sketches because there's, there's just a lot. Yeah, I mean, I got to say for a show that we keep saying is like trying to find itself and working things out, there's a lot of really great stuff. Like you, like you put through a best of of just this season, it's pretty stellar. Absolutely. And I think another thing that's underrated, and we mentioned it earlier, but it's something folks should go back and watch, uh, is the Lockers performance from Rob Reiner's episode. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it's just so different and unique and great. And you won't you don't see it again, really. And anytime, with the exception, I would say, of, of the, the Louise Lasser as a whole, but anytime they go meta, which they do more the later half of the season, but any of the cold openings where they're kind of meta, the Chevy doesn't want to do the fall, uh, that's a good one. Yep. The Louise Lasser one where they talk about the Rolling Stone article is really great. The Buck Henry one, oh, that's his monologue, the Buck Henry monologue where he won't, he, he can't get in. Uh, but those things are all, it's really fun because it really sets the tone for what, especially in this this early era, they do a lot of those behind the scenes, locker room things. Anytime they do those have been, are really fun to watch too. Well, Brad, I think season one was a lot more fun than we thought it might be. Season one was a blast, man. I'm so glad we did it. I, ho- I hope yeah. people enjoyed it. And thank you everybody for listening because we had a blast doing it. So I hope you all had a blast listening. We hope you had as much fun listening to it as we did making it. And talking about it ourselves. And if you have, so yes, if you have, please yeah. rate, and review. <laughs> rate and review. Rating takes like two seconds. You literally like hit a button at five stars. Or listen, <laughs> perhaps you want to give it five stars, but one of us maybe is a little bit too negative and it knocks it down a little bit. So you only give it four stars. That's cool as well, man. That's cool. And the other one is serviceable. You're serviceable. Yeah. <laughs> um, we read them. But no, thank you everybody for leaving reviews yes. you have. But yeah, please rate it, review it. We are coming back for season two in just a few weeks. So uh, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the show so you'll get the season two trailer when it comes out. Spoiler alert, 
not going to be that long, only a few weeks. But um, subscribe to the show so you can get them every week. And yes, please rate and review because we would love as we start getting into season two to try to, I don't know, what do you, profile, right? Get our profile up in the, wherever you get your yeah. podcast. People can find us, look us up, tell a friend, tell two friends. Yeah, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell everyone you know. In the meantime, check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, or whatever the hell Twitter's called, X. Um, Instagram, Facebook, not ready for PT Pod. While we're off for the next few weeks, we're going to do a bunch of um, polls and questions. And and even regardless, we always post a bunch of stuff, what's happening in SNL and this day in SNL history and that kind of stuff. And and uh, reach out, drop us a line. We love talking to people and, and hearing what you have to say about it and, and, and going back and forth. So we'll definitely still be uh, around on the social media stuff for the next few weeks until uh, until season two kicks off. We'll be back to talk about season two in our season two preview show. But until then, good night and good have night, a pleasant and have tomorrow. A pleasant tomorrow.